Morning Glory America, it's another Monday morning. You might be heading to work, you might be getting ready for work, or you might be listening to this at work, but it's another Monday morning, which means it's another episode of the Next Generation Leader Podcast. Remember, only you can make today great. It's just me, it's just Zach today. Coop's out, because sometimes your schedules just don't align, but the show goes on. So without further ado, welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their success successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg. Without my esteemed co-host, Coop McCullough, like I said, schedules just don't align, but the show must go on. Speaking of the show going on, we have a wonderful episode today that I know you are not going to want to miss. This is Lisa Caprelli. She's a well-known children's author with her best-selling brand, Unicorn Jazz, but also has written books for business leaders and entrepreneurs called Skip a Step and Color Your Message. You're not going to want to miss this episode because there's so much to learn from the imagination of a child. I got the opportunity to work at Canicut Camps for many summers and go there as a child myself. What I learned from a children's dreams and imagination is far greater than anything I could think of. If you could get your business to think like a child, think outside the box, be a little imaginative, be creative, it might give you the competitive advantage that you're looking for. But I also want to remind you to go give this podcast five stars, leave us a review, it helps us out so much, especially you, our listeners in the Philippines, you are so faithful. Keep getting us on the uh, on the top charts over there, but leave a five-star review, leave a message, shoot us an email, follow us on Instagram, follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on Facebook, give us some messages. We love hearing from you guys. So without further ado, here she is, Lisa Caprelli. Well, Lisa, it's so nice to meet you uh, over Zoom. You look like you're at the beach, but I know it's just a Zoom background, but it's so nice to meet you. And I want to thank you for being on the Next Generation Leader podcast. I want you to start by just introducing yourself, kind of who are you and what's your story? How did you get to where you are today? Well, thanks for having me, Zach. I'm so excited to come to you. Yes, from Southern California. I live in Huntington Beach. Um, I grew up with humble beginnings in El Paso, Texas. So Texas is very dear to me. My name is Lisa Caprelli. And um, I'm Latina. I'm a children's author. Um, I've actually authored many books, total of 16 so far and counting. Wow. So you're kind of in the children's book space. How did you get into that in the beginning? Yes, now I am. Um, That's become my passion, my purpose, and God has blessed me with finding my calling. And of course, sometimes you don't know that's going to happen when you're young and you're growing up and the people that impact and touch your life. So I have a 25-year background in marketing and branding. Um, Coming from Texas to California, I moved here um, to Orange County with nothing but $100 is my story. Everyone told me I wouldn't make it. It was going to be too hard that I should stay with what I know, stay with family. Um, And I just said, so I was at the age of 30 when I moved here and I said, well, how will I know unless I try? And I know I could always come back. Right. Any one of you will help me. But it was, so it was a bit of risk and, and that's what you are when you're an entrepreneur. But it was it was um, pretty calculated. I was young enough to, when you're young, you can you can take those kind of risks. Today, I don't know that I would up and move to another state, to be honest, right. uh, 20 years later. Um, so I'm so fortunate that um, I've always been curious in what people do with their occupation, why they do it. Like, I'd be curious to, to interview you about why you do, why do you do a podcast? Why do you like interviewing people? Because we all have a story. Every one of you listening to this has a story, has a reason why you matter we all matter in different 
ways and God's made us each different and has different gifts for us. Mm. So um, my passion was always writing as a young girl. I often say my only voice was on paper. I grew up real shy, like Unicorn Jazz in my first book. Unicorn Jazz is a shy unicorn who yeah. goes to a new land in search of new friends, wants to feel like she belongs. Mm. And someone believes in her, her character a friend named Wolf the Crow. So I'm going to imagine how many of us, almost everyone, I think at one point in life, wants to feel like we matter, wants to feel like we belong in, in whatever we do. Mm-hmm. So that was very important um, for me in creating that character and then creating now a Unicorn Jazz book series, which I have um, five or six books now. We have one launching called Ocean Animals soon. Mm-hmm. And my illustrator, Davey Villalobos, happens to be from Texas. And his favorite, one of his favorite things is uh, drawing. So I've teamed up with people along the way. Um, I believe that I'm the spokesperson for what I do and I'm blessed to write and, and put things out. Um, that we have a book called The Thing I Do, one of my unicorn jazz books. And it's about celebrating that we all have something special and you can have many things and then we all need each other. So it's a book about teamwork. It's a book, book to invoke curiosity and people of all ages. I have a show called The Thing I Do, which is on Amazon TV and Prime. Mm-hmm. And we have a song called The Thing I Do, which opens with everyone has something that makes them special. Everyone mm-hmm. has something they like to do. And and so it, it it's about knowing that you know, gener- um, decade after decade, we all, you know, do many things in life. Like the, the days of being one career thing, I think are pretty much obsolete. Now, thankful because of technology, we can do more things like create a podcast show, you know, you can right. host it, but that's not, I think the only thing you do, you know, and the only thing I do, don't do is just write books. I do a lot of things like writing songs, working with kids, singers, and working with the art that comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast. So before I launched Unicorn Jazz, I went on a two and a half year journey researching uh, notable entrepreneurs and leaders about what makes for happiness mm-hmm. and uh, meaning. So I wrote this book called Skip a Step, Imparting Wisdom for Young Entrepreneur Minds. And really, you, you can be young at heart at any age. Right. After In creating this book, 13 chapters, my story is th- chapter 13. Um, the con- there was common denominators, common messages that each person said. Every person, first of all, had a story of some kind of struggle. Nobody just rose to the top and everything was grand, grand and peaches for life. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stories of starting over, you know, um, sickness, um, risk, starting over again because something happened with whether it was economy or, or change in business, which happens. Right. And and they persevered again and again. And so the common things I found um, among many were, was to create is one of the meaning of life. Michael Gerber in chapter one, who is over 80 years old now, I interviewed him when he was 80. Um, he's the uh, best-selling author of E-Myth series. He's, he's still a global business guru. And he was one of my favorite interviews, probably because he had most time on this earth, very engaging speaker. And just said many things. When the last question that I asked everyone was, what is the meaning of life to you? And he said, well, it's to create and that's in the Bible. And, and he yeah. just would go on. And, and so the, to have vision was what people quoted. And at the end of this, I, I just, it was through a process, but I wanted to make a difference and, and have the wherewithal and to make my own thing once and for all. And that was Unicorn Jazz. Mm. I, yeah, I love it. It's such an amazing story. And you said you, you started out, you're very shy, but you're very curious. So, so it's a lot of if, that combination reads a lot of 
uh, observing, a lot of listening. So can you kind of talk about the importance of curiosity when you're young to impact yes. who you become? Yes, great question. Well, to be curious uh, is so important. It's imagination is found in children's books. And when we're young, we all go to school pretty much. And right. we're, you know, we're, we're, we're open to a world of imagination and possibilities through picture books, through stories, through imagination, which, you know, as you fast forward to being older, cartoons, movies, all that come from writing, you know, right. you could, you could turn movies in reverse into books if somebody wanted to do that, you know, but still, I always point out to kids and adults that almost everything comes from writing. I mean, writing a message to someone to get someone to do something, yeah. us finding each other. I had to write a message to you that was right. meaningful. Right. And, you know, so writing is so important, but curiosity is important because it's going to open up your mind to doing more, to seeing perspective from different people. And even though I was shy and I used to kind of, you know, beat myself up for being shy because I th always thought like, well, I want to be, I wish I was popular, like the cool kids, the extroverted. And I'll tell you what, looking back, I would not trade who I was for a thing because I, what are you doing if you're talking all the time? You're not really observing the world in the same way. Mm. I did a lot of observing in my life, my, my degrees in social psychology, and I love to share that I love to study human behavior and what makes people do things why you know being curious has always been something that's um that's helped me like if there's someone who wants to launch a business to a a, a new parallel of success yeah. I'm always going to ask why why is your product or brand different um being curious for me for me when I created unicorn jazz was why a unicorn and I studied that how unicorns are global and iconic so I was curious as as you know, why people would love a fictitious character on she has animal friends in all the stories that yeah. are, you know, but she's a unicorn is not real. Right. And we celebrate them and girls, boys, kids of all ages, you know, love unicorns. And so that's part of curiosity is we want to somehow escape. We want to have to fantas to fantasize. And those kind of things make us happy and make our, our you know, expand our, our brain power. Right. Yeah. And I think that the child's imagination is so amazing and so bad. Like the things that children think of are unbelievable. But what my fear is, is that kids today in this next generation are growing up with so many, so the screen, the, the issues, the screen. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like, do you feel like that is stifling curiosity, stifling imagination? And, and it, 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 it can, but there's, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. I mean, right. I, I wish I grew up in today's technology. Of course. I would have started movies. I would have been a filmmaker by yeah, the time I was a teenager. Yeah. So it's just, I, I really feel as a parent, it's good to foster the curiosity lending to technology. Um, and I'll give an example. I have a son who's almost 16. His name is Trey. He's a YouTuber. His, he does these try not to laugh videos that yeah. a lot of kids and teens and young adults have heard of. I gave him a computer when he was seven. I did the same thing for my older son who's now 30. And I said, learn this technology stuff, this computer stuff. Yeah. Because of how technology has advanced. And look at since the pandemic, whoa, like everyone knows what Zoom is pretty much, mm -hmm. you know. And so I always feel like technology can help advance you and learn things if, if pushed in that direction. Um, and, you know, curiosity, like in my book, Being Happy, 
playing, playing is just playing with friends, playing. I mean, now kids play online games. At least you're still getting them to think, you know, there's somehow of um, how games are made. I mean, it's, it, yes, there, there could be a lot lost in, in actually be, you know, being present together. The pandemic has affected that. Um, but it's going to be an interesting time to, to see when, as things get lifted and we go back into the real world, you know, more and more. And as we know, things will never be the same. There's going to always be a new normal and what we can appreciate and what we took for granted. And I think all of us cannot wait to have more human connection. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I just think the child's imagination is so amazing. And I think they're so pulled to stories, which I love, which is why I love children's books and why I love what you get to do. So this can be kind of a business leadership marketing, also children's question. This could encompass a lot, but why are stories important to leadership, to business? And why do they, why do stories appeal to children so much? Stories allow us to a, a place to escape that maybe we don't know how to go ourselves or we want to dare that someone invites us into a story to me is like a movie. Um, but there with a story you you know that you can a book that you can actually touch and you know I know there's digital books too. Right. Um, but there's somehow a different memory thing that goes into it, like kinesthetic, a touch, which is the touching of it, the scene that you could stop. And you can reread a paragraph and how does that apply to your memory and, and how it really affects your brain. Um, and so I, I feel like whenever I'm learning something new, because I'm le constantly learning every day, I, I need a book, I need an image, I have to stop and imagine what that would be like if it was a picture. And I really like to like register it in my memory bank. If something is meaningful, I, I, I feel it helps me be a better speaker. It helps me when I'm able to talk to children or be asked questions impromptu, all of that has helped me. Uh, so it's a constant learning process. Um, and when someone tells a story, think about when you go to church or when you, if someone's interesting in the room telling the story, you know, the story makes you remember that person's topic. And it's what keeps us engaged because we're not robots, you know, mm. and we can't just, I can't just give you a chip of all this data uploaded to your brain and you got it right. We need right. some way to relay a story can give us some kind of visual into what someone is doing around you. For me, I still feel my greatest strength is writing. I mean, if mm. I can write quickly and get my message across much faster and much, um, prettier through writing yeah um so for me to be able to talk and be interviewed and say i got it now it was something i never did growing up is a is a is a is a something that has changed me hmm. yeah and i think there's some people that are just natural storytellers they can recount something that happened just mm -hmm. so vividly and it, it makes you laugh it makes you remember it but there's also people like you that are able to come up with those fictional places so what does your story creating process look like how do you get it from your from your imagination onto paper and what is kind of like the story yeah. arc what does that look like for you that's a great question and everyone has their own way of doing it um mm -hmm. Mine's kind of could be scattered and if, to someone else, but to me, it's not. To me, either I write on paper, I write things on my phone because our phone is our workspace now. Mm -hmm. um, I could write, and if I have a, like when I wrote the thing I do, I wrote it at 2 a.m. I got struck with creativity. And as um, 
uh, Elizabeth Gilbert in her TED talk about creativity says when creativity strikes you, you know, you have to stop and embrace it. And I, wow. that TED talk helped, that story helped me because this came to me at two in the morning when I was in Texas a few years ago. And I, all the story came to me and I had to stop. I go, it's 2 a.m. I don't want to wake up and write this story. So I got on my phone. I wrote, you know, what I think it is in my head. I think in an hour and a half, I wrote the premise to the story. And um, on my drive home, I was with a friend and I kept saying what the story was because I didn't want to forget how it went. Then I had to parlay that into art. So I yeah. put it on a Google Doc. I described what I feel the art looks like for my illustrator. Some people are the, is, are the artist and, and um, as the author, in this case, I, I relied on illustrator. So it went through changes along the way. So my 2 a.m. story is not completely what the thing I do is. It got better because it had to make sense for people. And, uh, and so you put the art together. There's a lot of editing in any book, picture books, chapter books. And I often tell people who want to write a book that you have to embrace that editing is going to be part of it and you're going to pull your hair. And most people don't like the editing phase because mm. you just want people to get it, but you, they can't, they, you have to go through editing, editing. So I accept that's part of the process and I just embrace it. And I tell my illustrator, you got to embrace that we're going to change things and just kind of love it if you can. Yeah. And then comes the publishing stage. Um, there's a marketing stage component to it that a lot of people forget because nobody's going to know about your book unless you have some kind of strategy, some way to get it out there. And it's a constant process. So that's why this has become my life. I go into schools and I'm so privileged to speak to elementary school, middle school, high school. I speak to colleges. I am so grateful that I have a message for, for people of all ages. Mm, yeah. And of all ages, you mentioned the kind of wide range of people that you speak to. How do those messages differ uh, when you're speaking to an elementary school versus when you speak to a college yeah, crowd? It, well, I feel like I'm like Benjamin Button. My, I was most comfortable working with adults growing up that my career was working with CEOs building their brands and, and not being intimidated by the business process. I've had my own businesses and I, I worked before I became an entrepreneur in the corporate world. So that was my strong suit um, and, and people and having that connection with them. So then I worked, then I, when I made skip a step, which was for teen and college students comfortable there, you know, yeah. I, I taught at a university before as an adjunct professor um, I always just, I always feel like at one point, in any point in life, I was once your age or I'm going to be your age. Right. So you have to get comfortable that you're not going to know everything. And then now working with elementary students with my books and now even like I'm writing a baby book and songs. So I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, I'm very blessed. So yeah. Did I answer your question? <laughs> no. Yeah, that was great. I, I think it's so good. Let's go back to your book, Skip a Step. It, is that what age group is that for that you said it's high school college students high school and college but I'll tell you adults appreciate this book and yeah. um, I kind of did it on purpose but um, in that you can always learn from someone who has an entrepreneur mind which is really to create something and not everyone's going to grow up and be an entrepreneur or a leader yeah. we can support great entrepreneur and leaders uh, so this book was just so important to me because I started thinking what kind of book would I want to catapult me to be an entrepreneur or support a good leader when I was young and what kind what would I need to know from people and I was so blessed that I worked Zach with all kinds of peoples in business and in in growing their business I worked with Matt device I worked with uh, Toyota was a client of mine I worked with authors I worked with 
Um, I've worked with so many companies that came to me because they saw how good I did for other people's companies. Like if you have a friend and, you know, like this girl, Lisa can help you with your message and right. with your purpose of business, which that's what really a business is, is you're yes. solving someone's problems and making the world know in, in a message through a video, through the writing. Yeah. Um, I could take someone's voice. They didn't know how to put it together like a, a website. They didn't know how to make a website with what their thing was, what their problem yeah. or product or service. So I could do that by interviewing them, by learning it. And, and so <clears throat> in doing so, um, um, I just thought, well, what, what, how could I have become, you know, what I'm doing at a young age and recognize. So skip a step is really to start to encourage people at a young age. I mean, really, you could be a fifth grader and, and appreciate this book. I know I could have as fifth grade. You can be someone who's maybe 40 that you want to have another career and you, oh, yeah. you want to know how you can, you know, promote your, you know, your t-shirt business or whatever you want to do, whatever your skill set is, you know, maybe you're a musician, maybe you're an artist or you're, you learn something new and you want to have a side business doing that. Yeah. So skip a step is really that all these, all that I described are many people. They weren't, they weren't just born. It's an entrepreneur not, you know, um, maybe like for me, entrepreneurship was not a second language in my home or family. Some people right. can be born in that. My two boys, they've grown up around entrepreneurship language. So if anytime yeah. they want to have a business, they've got, they've, they've grown up around that speak. Mm -hmm. um, but my older son is a nurse and he says, mom, I would not want to do what you do. I see how much you work, how much you, you know, had yeah. to start over and change your thing. He's like, I like going in and being done when I'm done with work. <laughs> yeah. No. And some people are just wired that way and, yeah. and that's great. But what, what advice would you give is as like the best advice you got for young entrepreneurs, whether through writing that book or through your own experiences, what's your best advice? Just one nugget of advice for, for young entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, I encourage you to read Skip a Step and there's of a course. that goes with it. Um, the, the main thing that I comment that I say to people in, in why or how, how did you get this? How did you get that? It's, it's really relationships and people building the time and and the younger you are the younger you can recognize that being kind to people to your classmates being interested in them applauding celebrating their wins and and following their journey they're going to follow yours um building relationships is probably the number one thing i have done being vulnerable and expressive to say hey i'm new at this i want to launch this 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 you know book journey and this children's yeah. platform and now a tv can you help me? Do you know anyone that can help me? So always ask for help. And the best time to ask for help is when you are new at something because everyone wants to help the new kid on the block. Once you're out there and you're making millions of dollars, let's say, it's it's harder than to say, can you help me? You know, because now, now it's different. Um, mm. So really the best time to, to, to be vulnerable with what you're doing is when you're new at it. Mm, that's good. And you wrote another book called Color Your Message. Is that is that yeah. right? So what was yeah. that book about? Was that more of the marketing kind of how to mm -hmm. brand and, and do that? Kind yeah. of give the synopsis of that. Book. Okay. So again, enter social media. Mm -hmm. Before social media, marketing was print ads. It was radio advertising, which yeah. I had spent millions of dollars um, um, doing in the early uh, 2000s when I moved here in, in a different business I had. And um, so when social media came in the picture and people said that's going to go away and i was like it is not I mean, yeah. I mean, technology is anything after invented after you were born technology is anything invented after you were born there's no way twitter was going to go away 
Right. It, I had to learn how to tweet and write a small message, you know, that mattered. And so I wrote the book, Call Your Message, because I saw people that I would call like they were going to be business dinosaurs, mm -hmm. dinosaurs, um, not accepting it. It was a long time, you know, versus someone growing up with it, right? Like kids of today young are going to be on Instagram and, you know, now there's TikTok, Snapchat, those things change. Yeah, of course. So for me, it was to explain why social media, which is technology matters. And so it kind of became my business card because now people would hire me to help brand and, and oh. market their business. And um, rather than re-explain it, I, I wanted to give the book about it. Um, and again, one thing led to another. And But to, but when I get asked to market to people's stuff, I, I'll help them here and there. But my favorite thing is Unicorn Gems. Mm. Yeah, and, and it all comes back to the children's books and those. And, and I just love it. I'm like, I kind of want to write a children's book now. I, kind of the inspiration there. But what can adults, what can leaders of today or the leaders of tomorrow learn from the childlike imagination? Kind of the the so, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. The, the imagination of a child is so vast and so amazing that I know that we can learn something from it. Yes. But what is that for business leaders? You know, always pretend like you're seven again in anything yeah. you do because when you need to convey your message to a customer you have to do it you can't you have to dumb it down you have to do it as i always say tell me like i'm a first grader when i'm learning anything today because you will watch that message change and and people give that to you with kid gloves and you know um oftentimes the more wisdom or the more expertise we have in something the more we can't remember what it's like to convey it on simple terms mm. so so I love having the children, like I could pretend like I'm seven when I'm speaking with kids, I have to get on their level, right. but then I have the wisdom to, to talk to the adults because teachers, educators, librarians, parents, they're my target audience in that they're going to buy the book. A seven-year-old is not going to go buy the book, right? right? Right. So I, you need to be able to communicate your message to your target audience in a variety of ways. I always, I like tapping into my inner child in almost anything I do, which I get to do all the time Yeah. and play and, and playing is, is something that always makes us youthful. I mean, just because we grow up doesn't mean we have, have to stop playing and playing could be whether you're, you know, a, a podcast host yeah. and you get to play by tapping into people's creative energy, whether it's, you know, learning video editing, photography, music, that's playing, you know, so um, painting, uh, cooking. I mean, there's always a way people play. Yeah. And I think that creativity and always thinking for what's next or what's new or what can set you or your business apart is a good way that businesses and leaders can kind of always keep that competitive advantage on, against the, yeah. their competition or, or the, the market. So yeah. I think it is so important to, like we talked about at the beginning, to always be curious, to always be looking, to always be observing and, and what's new fun. and what's next. I mean, make it fun. Like you hear about big companies like Google that, you know, they have play in their workspace, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, always try to make your business fun and, and find people on your team that can make it because you could, you know, we're going to work a lot of hours in our lifetime, all of us, mm. if you can have fun doing it, how much more valuable your, your time will feel. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of leaders and a lot of people miss it is just to have fun, the importance of having fun, the importance of, of letting loose and not <laughs> taking yourself too seriously, like a child. Uh, does I think it's so important yeah I have fun with my with the puppets that came from my book characters putting on green screen if you can yes. see right now you know yeah. I was about and to say I can't see it with the I background know, of the uh, on my Instagram you follow in my Instagram or Facebook my my older son the nurse he's plays the voice of Trezicki 
Oh, and he's fun. so funny. I have, I just said, just to work with you is, is bringing so much joy and meaning to my life. Yeah. And, and I, I just find a way to have fun in it because mm. otherwise it just becomes, oh, you know, it can become stressful. Right. I love it. I want to ask you one more question before we go is yeah. just what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? It's what we love asking all of our, our leaders that we have on. Cause it's just where you get the golden nuggets at the end, but what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? You know, it's to have balance and to learn that your balance in life is going to change over time. In in my chapter 13 of Skip a Step, I write about, and again, this came from research, um, um, having balance and, and uh, knowing what your five hats are of life, which hat one is family, hat, hat two is friendships, then career, connection, adventure. So there's five areas of life that can all develop at different levels for me, for you, if you're in a relationship or partnership in a business team relationship, knowing that they're always going to change and knowing and striving to have balance in them doesn't mean it's equal. And, and when you have struggle, boy, when you have fulfilled the balance in your friendships how, and family, how they're going to be there for you. And by the way, we're all going to struggle and suffer in our life. Mm. How, did you, how did you fulfill those hats? When your career is going well, are you just, is it all about you and your career? Are you giving back to people in those other areas? Um, we have to have fun. That's why I put adventure there. Everyone has something that makes them adventurous. Connection, I have for, um, we're all wired for connection and human connection. So that's also a very important one. So I pretty much, that's my summary. I wish I, wish I was told this when I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. I think it's so important to balance all of that because some people can be so focused on career and forget the family and friendships, but mm -hmm. also most importantly, as we've talked about so much in this episode is do not forget the adventure. Do not forget to take yourself back to when you're five, six, and seven, and you will be able to create the imagination, the worlds that you were able to live in for hours and hours yeah. and the kind of escape. Do not forget to find that adventure. I think it's so important. And, and if you have a relationship with God, God bless you because mm. having God in all these areas is, is yeah. Is, is will help you so much as well and, and I've learned and my life has definitely come with struggles and and me you know figuring things out but I, I do come back to these basics and of yeah. course having God in your life I feel is very important and walking with God is such an adventure it's so fun and right I don't want anyone to miss out on that but where can anyone uh listening to this connect with you where can we get the books yeah, how can we get involved so with you I love any, and I'll help him always, always. And I always, um, I'm, I reply on, since on social media, Instagram is Lisa Caprelli. Uh, my unicorn jazz website is easy unicornjazz.com. Yeah. I'm Lisa Caprelli. I have lisacaprelli.com. Um, my books are on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. You can ask for it in your local bookstore, any of my books. Um, I, you said you're interested in doing a children's book or a book one day. I, I do from time to time offer workshops as well. Um, I'm always proud of people who can write and publish. It's, it's a lot of work. You need sometimes someone to, to help you or hold your hand. Hmm. Um, but thank you for having me. And what a pleasure it is um, to reach your audience as well and, and continue to follow your things and the, wow. you know, what, it, um, what are some things that you want to do in the next 10 years, Zach? Oh gosh, that is such a huge question. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 see, that could go into a whole nother episode. Uh, I don't know. I want to make a difference and I want to leave this world better than I found it and want more people to know, uh, the Lord and savior that I know through my life. And so the next 10 years, hopefully will consist of a lot of that and yeah, hopefully, 
a lot of family, friendships, career connections and adventure. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yay. I want to follow that. Maybe one day I interview you back then. Um, I'd love it. No, yeah. So well, thank you so much. What a pleasure to come to you well, in Texas you, from California. My, That's you know, right. Texas, my home state. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was such a pleasure and such an honor and we'll have to do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks.